Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. I'm Sam Bowler, and I'll be your co-host along with my wife, Natalie. Natalie is a licensed professional counselor in Nashville, Tennessee. She works primarily with survivors of complex trauma and specializes in dissociative disorders. The Resilient Mind is a platform for us and our guests to play our part in the bigger conversation around mental health. Specifically, we would like to raise awareness and understanding of complex trauma and dissociative disorders. So, whether you're a survivor yourself or you just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome to the conversation. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the Resilient Mind podcast. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the importance of having a routine in your life. And before we get started, I do want to mention we are going to be sharing the same microphone this week. We are currently only able to record with one and we're waiting for a new audio interface to come in the mail so we can go back to recording with two microphones. So the audio quality might be a little different than usual, but we'll do our best to edit it and make it sound great. So, Natalie, talk to me about why it's important to have a routine in your life. It's really important to have a routine in your life because it creates some structure and a way for your day to have some predictability to it. So, this topic actually came out of the fact that uh, I was struggling with working from home, doing everything from home, not really going outside very often. Like when I say outside, I mean anywhere other than our house. And I was noticing that I was spending too much time on my phone, um, which I think for all of us can result in feeling less present, more spacey, and those sort of things. And so I think this topic can be especially relevant to probably anybody right now because of COVID, anybody who's spending a lot of time at home. But also, I think that routine is really helpful for individuals who have a trauma history. And it's especially important for people who have severe dissociation, um, possibly even a dissociative disorder, because there can be a loss of a sense of time, not being sure what you did and those sort of things. And so a routine really helps with that. Great. And I think you'll be able to speak to this better than I can. But if you're somebody who struggles to be consistent with a routine or finds it like constricting feeling almost to say, oh, you have to do this over and over again every day. What are some tips to try to start that process? Because I know it's easier to maintain a routine once you start getting going with it and you've done it for a few weeks. Yes, and you are describing me, so I completely understand that. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, uh, I am an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs, and um, I'm also a counterphobic six, and so I think I resist the idea of being told what to do as well. Um, And I think something that has really helped me is to make things 
small, bite-sized, and manageable. So I don't want to try and commit myself to doing too much or I'm going to feel trapped or constricted and it's not going to go very well. I'm probably going to throw in the towel very quickly. Um, I also think if you have somebody that wants to be like an accountability buddy, that can be really helpful too because when two or more people are doing something at once, that tends to help. Um, you know, just knowing that somebody else is doing it makes you want to do it as well. Yeah, that's great. And that's what we've done. And um, I would say even going back before, so we started, I think, about a week ago now um, with a new routine that we thought up together in the mornings. Um, but even before that, I have a friend out in California who I know is really into kind of self-improvement and always working hard to improve in every area of his life. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm trying to get up a little bit earlier and get into a place where, you know, my mornings are more consistent. Um, I just wanted to let you know so we can kind of communicate on that and um, I can have more accountability. And that did help me start to be more intentional about waking up early and, you know, getting certain things done in the morning before I start my workday. And so on top of that, we started doing our own routine. And Natalie, do you want to kind of discuss some of the things we're doing in our routine? Sure. And um, I think whatever, just think about whatever routine works well for you. So as I mentioned, I have a little bit of a difficult time fully committing to time constraints and that sort of thing. So we wanted to make something that was bite-sized and manageable and also had things within it that I would be looking forward to. So um, what we do is we wake up at 5.30 and we spend about 30 minutes drinking coffee and having some sort of quality time. Then we follow that with um, five minutes of reading like um, sort of like some sort of daily inspiration. Um, and then we do five minutes where we light a candle and we call it, um, we each have our own candles, the why candle. And we think about our why. So like, why do we do what we do? And um, Sam, you can speak for yourself, but how I do it is I think about what is my why in my personal life? And then I also think about what is my why for Safe Haven Trauma Services and why do I do what I do? What drives me? And those sort of things. Do you want to say anything about what you do with your why candle? Uh, I could say a little bit about what I do, but I think also just some ideas for people. Um, your why doesn't have to be some consistent thing all the time. It can change. Um, it can be something that you're learning more about all the time. And what I like to do, my, what I do does vary every day to some extent. Um, but I kind of have an all-inclusive why when it comes to my life, whether it's professional or personal. I kind of put all of those things together because I just really believe in living a passionate life in every area. So for me, I try to think about what are some of the reasons why I do this. Um, I try to do some meditation around breathing, uh, usually at the beginning of that five minutes with the candle. Uh, and I do that in order to really clear my mind and get myself in a place where I'm really grounded and focused on where I am. So I do that. And then um, sometimes it's, you know, certain things that really motivate me to um, keep going and keep pursuing the things I'm doing in my life. Other times 
Um, it can be just more of a meditation only and not so much deep into the why, um, but it still, still adds value to that. It still motivates me and gives me energy for a day. Yeah, and I think if anybody is confused about what we mean by your why, I will just share uh, part of my why. So I think, you know, like Sam was saying, mine looks a little bit different every day, but really at the root of my why in my personal life and in my professional life is wanting to end the intergenerational transmission of trauma. So that's part of what um, drives me personally and also drives me professionally. So that's the why candle. Then um, we do five minutes of journaling and that can really be about your why, about anything else, just basically anything that you have on your mind. Um, At least that's how I do it. And then we do... I would say between 15 minutes and 30 minutes of reading. I really, really love reading and wanted to make more intentional time for reading. I could probably read for like three hours a day every day, but I don't have time for that. So that was really important to me. Um, I'm more likely to read for 30 minutes. I think Sam's more likely to read for 15. Um, And then I do... I would say between 15 minutes and 30 minutes of yoga that is a more energizing kind every morning and then um, after that we eat breakfast so I think nourishing yourself is really important as well. I think one of the important things to note about this too is that we are making it intentional to not look at our phones until after these routines are done so you know trying trying to resist the urge to look at emails check social media whatever it might be that you look at your phone for. We're not really doing that and our phones are kind of put away other than I use my phone as a timer for some of these activities. But yeah, try to try to avoid using technology. And I don't know the specifics um, on all of this, but I know that there has been research done on um, just the energy levels of people uh, when they look at their phones right in the morning when they start versus waiting a while and not having that phone control their life. And it's definitely healthy for you to take a moment, uh, as much time as you can in the morning to not look at your phone. And that's a really bad habit that I've had is that I have been checking my work emails and looking at social media as soon as I wake up. And this past week, not having done that, I do feel really different. And I also feel less of a pull towards my phone just in general. So I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, that's great. And I don't know if you wanted to get into anything specifically about any other things you do. Before we get into nighttime, though, I wanted to talk about some other things that I'm trying to do um, to work routine in in more bite-sized portions throughout the day. Does that sound good? I think the biggest part is I, I think that we have this feeling of I'm supposed to sit and meditate for 10 minutes or I am supposed to journal for 15 minutes every day. And at least for me personally, that is way too big of a commitment for me to make. Maybe at some point I'll build up to that, but initially like that feels too big. And so something that I try and tell clients too is whatever it is that you're trying to add, whether it's self-care, whether it's using skills, like it, you don't have to have an hour to do these things. You can break it down into five minutes. If you want to break it down into one minute, that's great. But I think just start somewhere and start with something that feels manageable to you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think to try to slow down sometimes is really helpful too, because I can get overwhelmed thinking about, you know, I'm going to be doing this for 30 days straight or like a year from now, am I still really still going to be doing this? But to try to just take it one day at a time and give yourself grace if, you know, you either don't do the amount of time you wanted to, or uh, maybe you didn't feel very focused when you were meditating or journaling. It's okay. Just, you know, I think, I think I've had to learn that to give myself grace and be okay with it wasn't the perfect experience, but I still showed up and there's a lot of value in just that. But what I wanted to say is um, sometimes for me, the morning is a great way to start, but sometimes in the middle of the day, I can get overwhelmed emotionally. I can feel like my brain is just kind of cluttered from all the work that I'm doing or anything else. And I've been trying some different things to kind of break up the day and keep myself focused and energized throughout the day. And what I've been doing, um, one is a way I've been exercising, which actually, I don't know how effective this is as exercise, but it is good for me mentally. Um, I'll just do like 30 jumping jacks every 15 minutes. Uh, and then every hour I'll do some push-ups and like body squats, just some little exercise that I can do at home that doesn't total, totally wear me out or anything, but it, it does kind of break up the day and it gets my heart rate going, which is cool. And then the other thing that I've been doing that is a little outside of, I think, what most people would do um, is I keep my journal with me throughout the day. And if I feel like I need a break, I actually pull up and, and I'll link this in uh, our show notes today, but there's a YouTube channel that has a lot of um, kind of ambient scenes um, that are really peaceful. And a lot of times they either have music or like the sound of a fireplace crackling or something like that. Um, I like the one that's a coffee shop. So basically I pull up these scenes, I put it full screen on my computer and I get my journal out and I close my eyes and I do some breathing for a minute and just kind of get myself relaxed. And then I just kind of journal whatever I feel like I need to get out. And I do that for two to three minutes and then I'm back to work. But it really has helped me this week to to exercise that and just kind of bring like a recentering to my day. So I think that can be really valuable. Yeah, I think something that I probably do throughout the day because I'm sitting so often is just getting up and walking outside. Um, we have this really uh, cool hydroponic vegetable garden right now so I will go out and check on that um probably get a little upset about the bugs that are eating my vegetables but um I think that's something that helps to break up my day and then I'll also maybe do some yoga poses to stretch a little bit so those are all super helpful things that I think can help boost your energy levels throughout the day kind of keep a clear head and keep you from getting too overwhelmed day to day. Um, as far as nighttime routines, Natalie, do you have some recommendations for that? I know we haven't been perfect at implementing a nighttime routine ourselves, but. Yeah, I think uh, nighttime routines can be especially important for people who have experienced trauma, complex trauma, have dissociative disorders, basically anybody who might have issues with sleep whether it is nightmares, insomnia, difficulty falling asleep, um, feeling really scared at night, I think a bedtime routine can be helpful. Um, so I think just like a general bedtime routine could be something like restorative yoga, which helps to calm your body down. Um, it might be washing your face, um, brushing your teeth, 
for people who take a shower at night, that can be helpful. Um, maybe like walking your dog at night. I don't mean that this doesn't have to be before it gets dark. It may be before it gets dark, but that's something that might be helpful. Um, or spending time with your cat or some other animal that you might have. Um, I think reading can also be helpful as long as it's something that's not too triggering or activating right before you're trying to go to bed. Um, so basically doing some sort of consistent routine at night can be incredibly helpful for people. Um, for people who are prone to having nightmares, having a difficult time falling asleep, I think um, just the general things like make sure you're taking your medication as prescribed. If you feel really afraid, um, don't be embarrassed to have a nightlight in your room. That might be helpful for you. Um, try not to have too much screen time before you go to bed. Like I would say at least an hour before you go to bed. I know that's a bad habit for a lot of people. Um, you might find that playing relaxing music may help or having some kind of sound machine can be helpful as well. But um, basically anything you can do to relax your nervous system, help you to feel calmer, um, you might use like attachment resourcing at night. Um, you might use safe place imagery at night. There are lots of different things you can use to try and feel a little bit better at night. Um, I think just remembering, oh, I locked my door or I closed my curtains or my blinds, whatever it might be, can be helpful as well. And then just reminding yourself of the differences between the past and the present can be helpful as well. So maybe at one point in life, nighttime was not safe, but maybe today it is safe and it is okay for you to sleep peacefully at night. That's super helpful. And one thing I wanted to add about all of this is it's okay to approach it and you should approach it with a spirit of curiosity. There is no correct way to have a routine. There is no perfect routine. Um, and your routine that's best for you will probably be different than anybody else's in some little, you know, unique ways. Um, and I think it's for me, really actually enjoyable to try to figure out what does work and doesn't work for me and keep improving the routine over time. That's part of what makes it the most fun and makes me want to go back to it. So I just wanted to share that. Yes, I agree. And trust me when I say I'm like the queen of resisting any sort of restrictions or routine. And I think this has felt manageable to me. And Remember, we have just implemented a morning routine at this point. We haven't gotten to nighttime yet, but this would be having some sort of routine or structure is typically something that I would resist and fight back against. Um, again, because I don't like the feeling of having to, to do the same thing every day. And so please know I do understand and it is something that you can work through. But I think like Sam said, using curiosity to find something that maybe you look forward to or something that feels um, really rejuvenating or refreshing to you, I think is best. Absolutely. And this might not be helpful, helpful for everybody, but something to think about if you are resistant to routine is that you probably have a routine anyway and your routine is just not very structured. So you might do the exact same thing every morning when you wake up, but it might be waking up later than you wanted to, pressing snooze for 45 minutes, looking at your phone for an hour and a half, and then starting your day. 
And if you think about it that way, like you would much prefer to have a routine that adds energy and helps you have a clear mind than the routine that you already do that is probably not very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.